last time I used this metaphor of the busy bird and the calm bird representing these two aspects of our mind so the relative aspect in Tibetan called Sam the busyness, the restlessness uh, quite often a bit anxious um, this uh, the inner commentary, which we are usually uh, fused in, in our daily life, like really identified. Like if you look back today, how many, how many time did you spend in you know, the head, in the stories, in the, in the thoughts about things, and quite often even in thoughts not about the things which are happening just now, but thoughts about the past and the future. So that's the busy bird. And then there's a calm bird. And that calm bird just uh, sits there, content, satisfied. And it is just looking. It is looking at the at the busy bird, this with this kind gaze, um, curious and not judgment and non-judgmental. And um, and that's what I would like you to to slide into or to uh, to find in yourself this uh, this calm bird and uh, so that means it's not about trying to calm down the busy bird trying to control the busy bird it's uh, so finding that stillness that stability which is in you already, always, the calm, like the calm, and you, you look from that, with curiosity and kindness. So it's a different approach to meditation than trying to calm down the mind, which is a valid approach in meditation. It's, it is... Um, sliding into the calmness and looking from there. And the way we will do it is um, we will start with the relative level. So I will invite you to bring your attention into certain areas of your body where um, where usually we uh, we have tension, and well, this is connected with uh, what we talked about uh, two evenings ago about the subtle energy body. Um, so the approach in the tantric teachings, how our emotions and our thoughts 
they are functions of the subtle energy body. So whenever we have a thought, whenever we have a feeling, something moves in our in our body. And when the subtle energy body is agitated, then the busy bird is very <coughs> agitated. And when the subtle body calms down, then also the the busy bird calms down. So I will I will invite you to you know, just touch those different areas of your body. And then you just notice what happens. And when I say touching the different areas of your body of your body, I'm not saying this is a practice of trying to make you feel better. That might happen as a side effect. But what we explore is um, the openness or the softening which happens when we just look at the different parts in our body with curiosity and kindness, non-judgmentally. So what happens if you give space? And then, towards the end of the meditation, I will start again to you know, open the open the awareness and starting to become aware of what we actually explore in this course, and that is innermost awareness or pure awareness or primordial stillness or Buddha, Buddha nature. So let's sit quietly for about 20-25 minutes. I will guide you and you can kind of dance with that with me. You don't need to be so strict about So take it easy. It's And first is that you adjust your posture a bit and taking a few moments to uh, straighten the back without straining it so that your chest opens a bit and the shoulders can relax. And there's a certain dignity in that posture. It kind of says, um, "I'm here. I'm, I have. I have the right to be here. So I have the right to be here, and I'm willing to touch anything." That's kind of the commitment in the posture. I have the right to be here, and I am with myself, and I'm willing to touch anything. And then with the next out-breath, you allow your awareness to slide into the body. Down, down into the feet. And this is really like a hug, a big bear hug. 
arriving at your own door and greeting yourself as a friend. in breath I invite you to bring your attention into your belly gently so you don't need to concentrate it's really like a, a shift in your awareness mm. and with the in breath there's an attending a befriending It's also sometimes called bathing the sensation in your breath. And with the out breath, there's a sense of relief, a sense of letting go. <coughs> letting go through letting be. your belly and you can explore a bit deeper also into the pelvis into the hips touching gently holding softly breath-giving space. Mm -hmm. And then for the next in-breath you bring your attention to the solar plexus, the area below the ribcage, where there's the stomach and the liver. And also the in-breath, touching, holding. And with the out-breath, Release, melting, opening. Mm -hmm. And also there you might feel some tension or some numbness. And what we explore here is if you let that be okay.
next in-breath you bring your attention to the heart, breathing gently into the heart, into the chest, in breath you will bring your attention to the shoulders and the neck and the in breath is like a massage and with the out breath a soften spaciousness and then with the next in-breath you bring your awareness to the head, to the face the mouth and the jaw softening
bones, little muscles. surroundings, noticing the air on your skin and the cloth on your skin, the clothes you wear. And you notice how the floor carries every layer of your body perfectly. senses are open. Dissolving the mental image of the body. surrounding and underlying your experience. So you might be tired or you might be agitated or restless. There might be discomfort or comfort. But isn't there also a presence? 
you allow yourself to find that place of rest in the midst of your experience. stillness to which this voice travels. Listen with your heart. Nothing is excluded. So, no matter what the busy bird does, the calm bird looks with kindness and curiosity.
it's hearing and not what you hear. Where are you? Where you are that? Which is feeling, not what you feel.
does it go? The, the meditation where you you go a bit through your body. Uh, how, how does it work for you? Is that uh, helpful or what is your experience there with that? struggles with that one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't find it that easy. Mm-hmm. It, it differs a little bit uh, from time to time, but in general yeah. I don't find it that easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like my the restless part is uh, this flourishing in it because we should see. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like my hand and then trying to this. Now we oh no, no, now it's just something else. So nice mm-hmm. So for me it works better when we focus on like the calm bird and where I find the calmness. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So the for you meditations where we like yeah mm-hmm. more look into that just awareness, that part that's just always there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. For for in yeah. yeah. So for you uh, it's easier to uh get a sense of space or calmness by just mm, yeah, letting your mind gravitate to it or like yeah like something. I have found it ah you have found and, it yeah. yeah and focusing on that just where, where is it in your body uh, it's a bit up in the top of the chest yeah. uh, around yeah. uh, close to the heart mm-hmm. yeah and well, then it's just everywhere, isn't uh, it? It's just around me. Yeah. One way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then when you get these instructions, then you, it actually then interferes with okay. what works for you. Like, yeah. yeah. And then you try to do it, and it does not work, and you yeah, get frustrated and, and then, then you I want try to find the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the calmness and then you know, yeah. we're trying to focus on different yeah. parts and, yeah. Yeah. Ah. and then sometimes it's just more difficult than others yeah yeah, yeah. I, I would just I would just not try to be the good girl mm. <laughs> and and, uh, and do what works for you yeah uh, because that's kind of warm and I yeah, focus yeah, it I on know. my own part. I'm like, no, 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 yeah. Stefan is trying to yeah. instruct you to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come back, <laughs> listen it, to it. it. Yeah, it's very, um, it's very important uh, to make that part of your uh, practice um, to become aware of what meditation and instructions do with you. Mm. And when they create that, then, of course, I mean... Sometimes it makes sense to try something out, like to give it a try. Uh, but then, <coughs> then, you, then at one point you just let go. And yeah, he's saying this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is also, I find, that it it has been changing a bit for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you can experiment a little bit with it, mm-hmm. and then 
and then you, uh, you then you return to the method which opens that space for you. Yeah. And this uh, this meditation is one of these examples of it has been it had been quite helpful for me the last few weeks to to soften my body like this. And then of course then I think this should work for everyone. <laughs> it's like every meditation teacher, hey this this is the method. But it's not like that. Of course not. We are, we have different preferences and different needs and uh, and then, yeah, and then one one needs to become at one point mature enough to say, okay, that works for the meditation teacher, but not for me. Any other? Yeah. And um, after a busy day uh, or or stressful time, I tend mm. to look at the body and feel the tension in the arms and the jaw yeah. and the shoulders and label it. Uh-huh. It's something negative, uh, there's stress, there's something going on. Yeah. And, and perhaps even a soul feel is coming, you know, and judging that. And I think uh, exploring the body in, in, in this softer way it helps me removing the label, like the negativity mm. around the mm. uh, attention or, or yeah. pain that we have, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I actually did enjoy it. Do you did enjoy it, yeah. And you you notice uh, how a difference uh, there was a difference between saying stress or tension and <coughs> breathing in, touching, yeah. and and one can really hear it, hear it, you know. Like if you say stress, tension, <laughs> yeah. and then softening, opening. Time in my head uh-huh. for many yeah. days. Okay. So I, it's very difficult for me to uh, get rid of all my thoughts. Yeah. Go into the body, so I, I do as you say, but then very soon I'm in the air again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the busy, very busy bird. The busy bird, yeah. <laughs> yes. And tangled in the busy, busy bird. Yes. Is it a particular theme or a particular topic? Uh, the one, the busy bird. Yeah, the busy bird. Is it singing the same, the same song? Yes, it's the uh, theme, yes. Yeah. Yes, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. not very... Ah, it's not a lot of variation in, no. in, the, in the songs. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's quite often like that. Yes. Uh, so Thank boring, you. so boring. Same melody. Uh, again, again. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Did you need? Uh, did you notice a change uh, through yeah. the set sitting? Yes, I was actually uh, felt the parts of my body. As yeah. Well, and I, um, I can feel uh, uh, the parts, and the body is tense. Yeah. yeah. So I loosen up and I massage, mm. and that's mm. nice. Yeah. It's relaxing. Yeah. But then very quickly up here again. Quickly down, yeah. yeah. <coughs> are you uh, are you aware of uh, where 
this energy of the thoughts where it's stuck in the body. Yes, Do you right, think? In, the ah, right. Very, in, yes. in the solar plexus. Yes. Yeah. Ah. Mm. Mm. One thing you could uh, play with is um, mm. Mm. at home when, when you li can lie down. So you lie down and you put your hands mm. and you feel the warmth of the hands and you breathe into that. You breathe into that area. Mm. So the, the touch of the hands can, can sometimes mm. bring some space. And then if that softens here, then probably the, the intensity of the thoughts will, will become less also. Mm. Yeah, but we have these sticky stories. <laughs> Compulsive sticky stories. So, I think I mentioned already this um, three qualities of innermost awareness, and I would like to continue a bit this exploration, uh, and then after the break also to emphasize that a bit in the meditation. So, one, uh, one metaphor for meditation, of, of, for this kind of meditation, like open awareness meditation, effortless meditation, is uh, the, the crystal ball with artificial snow, and then there's some trees. Yeah? So you shake the, this ball, and then the snow is everywhere in the bowl, and you can't see the trees. So that artificial, artificial, artificial snow is the metaphor for the busy, for the busy bird, for the comp compulsive, sticky thinking, for the restlessness, for the anxiousness, and. In the practice of open awareness, what you do, you put the ball down. This, put, you just put it down, and you relax. You let it be, and then slowly, slowly, the snow settles down. And when the snow settles down the clarity of the water becomes more predominant, becomes more available, becomes more obvious. Of course, the clarity of the water was there all the time. It's, it's not created through the, the busyness settling down. It becomes more apparent, 
more available, but it has been there all along. So the water, the purity of the water, remains undisturbed. And the purity of the water here in the metaphor is symbolizing that aspect, the clarity aspect of our mind, the peaceful aspect of our mind. So more in your practice and then also in daily life, I mean that's the point that we're doing this, that we bring this in our, into our relationship, more we familiarize ourselves with the always present clarity, with the always present stillness, more peace will, there will be in your life. In the midst of the busyness. So that, uh, that the, the purity of the water, that is something, that is the most precious thing to tune into, to become aware of. That's what that's what in Buddhist in the Buddhist uh, teachings is called awakening. So you awake from the entanglement of the with the snow, the busy bird, the identification with that. You awake from that into the into the purity, into the stillness, into the space, into the peace into that which is aware. Initially, this is not so easy. It sounds like, what is he talking about? I don't know this. It's like my mind is busy, and I'm in thoughts, and I'm entangled. There is, there is not... Yeah, there is no... Where, where is this? I want to have it. I want to get there. Maybe I need to meditate a bit more, or harder, or uh, quicker, with a bit, with a bit more effort, uh, and all that, uh, and all that kind of approach to practice actually just makes more, more busyness, more, uh, more um, snow. So this pointing out, pointing out that that peace prior to the busyness, that peace prior to movement, that stillness prior to the noise. This is the this is really where meditation starts. All other meditations where you direct the mind and where you develop compassion, where you de develop focus, where you do analytical meditation, they are useful, but they are all provisional, because they all work with the snow. They all work, they are snow and they work with snow. <coughs> they are clouds and they work with clouds. So some, in some tradition it is said meditation starts when you don't try to fix the snow, 
control the snow, but you kind of you tune in, you resonate, you listen uh, to the water in which the snow comes and goes. And this water, the, the clarity of the water in the Buddhist tradition has many names, and I have been using the name Innermost Awareness from His Holiness the Dalai Lama, but there's many other names, emptiness, the nature of your mind, the ground, primordial consciousness, pure awareness, non-dual awareness, and so many different names. So, in the Dzogchen and Mahamudra tradition, where that, uh, the Dzogchen and Mahamudra practice of Tibetan Buddhism, that's the practice of pointing to this. And uh, there, when this is theoretically introduced in text, quite often it is being described, described with these three aspects. The first one is openness, Second is wakefulness or clarity. And the third is gentleness or essence love. So different translation from different teachers. And before the break, I would like to give you some quotes from uh, this book. It's called Open Heart, Open Mind. It's and it's, it's really a very nice book because it contains a lot of very personal experiences of Tsukni Rinpoche, how he was introduced to this, uh, to this by his father. And so his father is one of the most uh, radiant and powerful holders of uh, this uh, this pointing out instruction, Toku Ugin Rinpoche, who passed away in the 90s. So uh, this is always a very, in the Tibetan tradition, this is not always, but often a very sacred moment where uh, you as a student, as a practitioner, have the first glimpse of what is meant here, exactly what you describe, yeah? that, that calmness, that stillness. So when that, when that is the first time, you're kind of, wow. Yeah? It does not need to, to be very, like, it can be, yeah? particularly if at that moment you were in a very contracted state like very, yeah, and then if you have a glimpse of that, that kind of release, like, ah, oh, that can really, like, um, have, have a powerful effect. But it can be also very, very modest and very quiet. You actually, it can happen that you actually don't notice that moment. But you look back and you and you and you kind of ah yeah when did that, when did that happen 
When did this happen? That I that I that I got to know it. I don't remember, but suddenly suddenly I know. Suddenly I know what is meant to stillness. And then of course it's lost again. Yeah? But then you go to another teacher, you go to a place, you, you watch a YouTube video, you read a poem, you hear a certain piece of music, or you go in nature, or you look at your child, and then, ah, there it is. There it is again. I know exactly what it is. Oh, now it's gone. It's not gone, of course, and and that's that, that will that will bring them the relief that, that you start to know what is gone. That's what, it can't be gone. I'm I'm still aware. So it's, it's so and then slowly, slowly, it starts to sneak into your life. So, there's three aspects. The first one is it's called clarity. Uh, Tara Brach calls it wakefulness. I just want to read what he says about this. Clarity is the cognizant aspect of our nature. The cognizant, the cognizant, the, cognizant, the knowing knowing aspect the cognizant aspect the knowing aspect like now can you hear what I say can you see what you see so there must be that knowing aspect that cognizant aspect you're, you're not looking from some empty space. No, you're looking from a space which knows, which has this cognizant aspect. It, enable, it, it enables us to recognize and distinguish the unlimited unlimited variety of thoughts, feelings, sensations, and appearances. Without clarity, we wouldn't be able to recognize or identify any aspect of our experience. This cognizant or knowing aspect of our nature is often described in Tibetan as Özelwa, which commonly translated as luminosity. And so that's that's a word which you will read in the traditional text. How this is often translated clarity as luminosity. So luminosity, it's like what does that mean? Luminosity. Luminosity is a fundamental capacity to illuminate or shed light on our experiences and thus to know or be to be to be aware of them, to shed light on. Like so 
in order to for us to see something out there, we need the, the sun to shed light on the things. Otherwise, we we wouldn't we don't see the things. If the if the sun does not shed light on the things, we don't see. So the luminosity aspect uh, of your mind is 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 like that sunlight. It it sheds light. It sheds light. It sheds awareness on the things you see, on the things you hear, on the things you feel. So, one way, and then, <clears throat> then we have a break, one way to approach this is this really time-tested question which has been used in many, not only in the Buddhist tradition, but in other traditions as well. And that, that is that question, what is aware? What is aware? Who or what is aware of this? So you ask that question and you and you notice what happens. So this is not a question, oh, oh yeah, what is aware? Yeah, the brain and blah, and, and has, maybe you have a diagram then of uh, a PowerPoint presentation about uh, the brain or something like that. No, not like that. So here this question invites us to look, like to look directly, not not via the thinking. Yeah? So if that question brings you into the head and you start a discussion, then, then, then you're going into the wrong direction. So it's, 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 okay, what is aware? What is aware? Like, you have some discomforts, for example. Okay, so you, there's discomfort, and you breathe into it, you allow it to be, and you notice what happens, but then you allow that this, this question to arise. Okay, there's discomfort. There must be someone or something aware of the discomfort. Otherwise, I wouldn't know about it. If there wouldn't be something aware of the discomfort, I wouldn't know about it. <coughs> In the same way, this room does not know about us. There's space for us here, but the room does not know about us. But the pain has also space, yeah? Like we here in the room, the pain also has space, it needs space, and every everything which exists needs space in order to exist. But that space in which the pain is, knows the pain, is aware of the pain. So now with that question, we become curious about that. We look into that. What is aware? So let's have a break. And then... We will, uh, we will do it. <laughs> <laughs>
the posture. Shifting from the doing to the being, shifting from the head into the body. Allowing, allowing this moment, allowing yourself. Shot any straight jacket dissolves. Just being alive, just being yourself. Sometimes you notice that you try to get rid of something or you try to get something. Then as best as you can you let that go. Being here. And being here is effortless. Being here already happens. You don't need to add what is happening to be here, nor do you need to take away, you are here.
yourself emphasizing the story. That is not a problem. So also there we are gentle, relaxed, easygoing. And still, if possible, you drop back. You gravitate towards the stillness. A bit like when there's turbulence in the ocean, waves. If you go big deeper, if you go a bit deeper, there's stillness, there's peace.
foreground of your experience, unpleasant or pleasant. It's known. So isn't there also a presence? Surrounding, underlying, pervading. A mighty presence. Like a field, a field of awareness which we share. Sensation, thoughts, sounds feelings, what you see, that is changing. But isn't there also something which does not move? Something which is there all the time, prior. deeply yourself. Deeper, wider, faster. There's nothing you particularly need to focus on. Like all doors are open.
cozy to your aspect of presence. And we must which is this capacity to be aware. Suspect. which is the boundarylessness. for warmth or kindness.
at home, I, um, I would recommend that, um, that you also try uh, uh, lying down. And that you, so that you take some of the uh, meditations from SoundCloud, the meditations, uh, most of them, emphasize a sense of openness or um, point us to timeless presence. So you take one of those in the engine. And don't worry if you fall asleep. It, that doesn't matter. So there's still... Uh, it's wonderful to sleep, to, to fall asleep like that. And, uh, but in that time, you know, so when you and you then you really relax and you feel carried and you can really let go of the meditator, of the, this idea that meditating is something you do. So, and then you hear these words, you know, time is presence, openness, space, stillness. And somehow they different words for different people but you know, something something happens then it's sometimes much easier because when you lie down you really emphasize the relaxation part which is so important in meditation it's important in all meditations but it's super important in the meditation of uh, open awareness even more so so the relaxation part in the Mahamudra tradition is uh, is uh, really emphasized. So they say very clearly, those who can relax the most, the deepest, they they will realize or recognize innermost awareness. Uh, there's also one meditation um, on SoundCloud. I will send you the link. Uh, it's called uh, something like Recognizing Timeless Presence in a Public Space. And uh, so this is a meditation where, you know, where I guide you to explore this while you are sitting somewhere on a bench. In, not maybe necessary in, in the busiest place, but like in, you know, in the park or, or in, a, in a coffee shop or something like this, and then you can you can listen to to that. And because what is really crucial that that you get a sense of the stillness, not only in in sitting but in moving. In walking, in working, and in, in doing things. So this meditation can be can maybe have has some helpful pointers for you. 
and then maybe you can make your meditation practice a practice of sitting on a bench somewhere and then again the relaxation part is then maybe easier because sitting on a bench so it's not a big deal meditation often becomes a big deal like an event like we sit and then okay let's do it (laughs) (laughs) and there are this kind of meditations and they have their place and they have their beauty and they have their their the value uh, so you have to see also for yourself what speaks to you what works for you what helps you and I want to finish the evening with Sokni Rinpoche talking about the third quality uh, of innermost awareness of Rikpa, how it is called in Tibetan. And that is um, the quality which in Tibetan is called Ningje. Tibetan Ningji indicates Ning is one is one of the Tibetan words for heart. J means noble or lord in the sense of ruler or highest. Taking together these two words suggests the highest one most noble type of heart, a profound experience and expression of connectedness. And later he, he writes, an unconditional kindness, gentleness and affection born of openness and intelligence. So, of course, these are all words, and maybe that you find them a bit cheesy, and you know, like, sometimes when you read these kind of words, it's like, uh, but what they are, uh, what they are pointing to is uh, an aspect in your experience. So, what the experience is, and what the theory says, is that this is an inborn quality, an innate quality, an undestructible quality. And maybe we can appreciate that when we look at children, at small children. Uh, that they are born with that 
capacity to to love and that capacity to respond to love. So I, that could be one indication that this is not just a Buddhist theory or but that it is actually an experience. And then in the meditation, you know, when we sit, when we, when we soften, when we settle a bit, and you kind of tune in into the stillness, so, you know, just, you might, you know, you might find that there is a goodness, that there is a gentleness like a warmth. So that's why Christian mystics, when they would talk about this experience of uh, recognizing innermost awareness, they would say God, very much emphasizing the, the, this loving aspect of awareness. In the Tibetan tradition, when this caring, this Gentle, Tarabach uses the word gentle. And when that is emphasized, then the innermost awareness is also called uh, the Great Mother. It's, it's that gentleness from which everything arises and dissolves back into. And uh, sometimes, you know, when that, of course, we, we have periods in our life when that quality seems to be lost. When it's like, where we, where we don't, you know, where, where, where the whole field of experience is filled with anxiety or darkness or, you know, uh, so then sometimes, it is a very good uh, approach to that to um, bring this into your practice uh, through the presence of another person, which can be the imagination of the Dalai Lama or Jesus, or it can be your can be an actual person who who, uh, who um, embodies this for you. So when you do that, like when you, and I mean that's what you do when you, when you work with a therapist or with a spiritual teacher. So when you do that, when you recognize these qualities in the other person, which can be a real person or an imagined person, then, then you 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 need to keep in mind. You need to remind yourself that that which you meet there is actually in you. That's why you can meet it. The warmth and the gentleness which you see in the Dalai Lama is in you. So the Dalai Lama uh, serves as a kind of mirror. So you can see that in the case of in the case that is lost. Or it seems to be lost. So, it's an important question, like in your meditation practice, in your spiritual practice, how to bring warmth and kindness into this, Maitri. Yeah. How, 
So how can I, how can I bring warmth and kindness into this? How can I respond to this in a, in a more gentle way? And this can be being tired, being happy, being... And if you feel, wow, this is far away, I, I can't, I can't, it's not there. Then you call, then you call upon help. And you call, and you call the angels, the Buddhist angels, I mean, or the Christian <laughs> angels, or whoever, whoever. Knowing that when you call the angels, you're not calling beings from somewhere. What you always call upon when you call upon God, or the Dalai Lama, or the angels, you call upon an aspect of yourself. That's what you call upon kind of aspect of yourself which is kind of a bit lost or a bit a bit covered or, or you have lost uh, your trust into that part of you so when we in the Tibetan tradition when we prostrate and we make offerings you know lighting candles and arranging flowers and straight again uh, what we do this through this practice is we reconnect we connect we confirm that we confirm Ningxian in us there's no worship of something outside in the Buddhist tradition they, they are of all the images, the tankers and, and stuff like this, they are all archetypal symbols of aspects of your heart, of your mind. And they serve as a as a symbol for that. So Ningji. And uh, then Tsukmi Rinpoche says, I have tried with the help of many teachers, friends and students to find a translation that motivates people to discover this essential aspect of their basic nature. To discover this essential aspect of the basic nature. To discover. So this is... Uh, no, I mean, Tsukmi Rinpoche is a, is a master in the Dzogchen tradition, and this can be only written by a Dzogchen master to discover. Other Tibetan Buddhist tradition, they would here say to develop, yeah? to train, to cultivate. Uh, here in the, in the Dzogchen tradition, the master say, says to discover because from this view it's already there it does not need to be developed it does not need to be cultivated it does not need to be created it does not need to be trained it needs to be discovered 
tuned into, trusted, recognized. So to find a translation that motivates people to discover this essential aspect of the basic nature. The simplest term I found is essence love, essence love. It may be described as a very basic sense of well-being, which, if nurtured properly, can extend to kinship with all other living beings. This is also a, a nice term, a, 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 a basic A basic sense of well-being, a basic sense of well-being. Yeah. So, can you can you kind of the, what is what is meant there? What what what, are, what is meant? These are words, yeah. But you know, masters like him, they use these words because they they experience it. And they know that we also can experience it, and that it is there. So, a basic sense of well-being. So, is there, like in your meditation, can you, can you, touch or can you breathe into a basic sense of well-being, which is independent from how well your life is going. <coughs> It's independent from having a headache, or being tired, or being restless, uh, or being unhappy, uh, being anxious. Uh, it's, it's independent from that. Because that kind of um, happiness, you know, like the happiness which is there when you don't have a headache, when you see something nice, when you have a good friend in your arm, and you drink something so that's like you are happy wow I'm really happy this happiness is I mean it's nice yeah I'm not I'm not saying that we shouldn't enjoy it nobody says that but it's kind of we know already when it's happening this this will last maybe five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. And yet still most of our life might go into putting our energy and getting that kind of happiness. Which is based on a sandcastle. It is acknowledged also in the medita meditative tradition that it is a bit easier when the when that level of happiness is kind of okay uh, to then recognize genuine happiness. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with taking care of you and you know, creating the conditions, but always, always searching, always gravitating towards that basic sense of well-being. The bigger happiness. Not the, 
not the small happiness. No small happiness and small unhappiness will come and go. Happy, unhappy, <coughs> rain, sunshine, good hair day, bad hair day. <clears throat> what we are after, and we all are after that, because even if we don't know it yet, but what we are all after is the big happiness. The big happiness, which is so big, it contains also the it contains the small happiness and the small unhappiness. It's a big happiness. Yes. You you mentioned big happiness. Do you mean mm. in the sense that it's uh, it's a more powerful uh, emotion, it's a more powerful thing, or it's no. just simply because what I often I'm let's say if you're searching for it, for it it's sometimes mm. hard to understand what what mm. it is. Is it mm. some kind of Flatness in a way, there is mm -hmm. no emotion, or is it mm. because it's always mentioned as some kind of kindness or something positive? But mm. for me, just logically, uh, I gravitate towards something where there is nothing, like mm. there is no emotion whatsoever, I'm almost like not caring, you know, hey, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and I, I find it hard to associate that with kindness because. Yeah. Yes. It makes me feel okay, maybe, but uh, I, I don't... Mm -hmm. Kindness still gravitates towards, towards something nice, towards a, a positive emotion. Or yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. And when you say nothingness, uh, it's, quite, it's quite good to use that word. Because when we talk about... Uh, innermost awareness, we are not talking about emotions. We're not talking about your heart opening and being in love. or That's all content of experience. Yeah, but the nothingness, when it's being recognized, somehow facilitates the or supports um, good qualities to emerge. It's a bit like if you take the tension away from your life, if you take the restlessness away, if you take the pressure away, like from inside, after maybe some weeks of re recovering, uh, from the inside there will be some creativity, there will be like the, the wish to do something, the wish to share something, to wish, the wish to express yourself. But the wish to express yourself, the wish to share something, the kindness which comes, which then emerges, is not it, it's not that, it's not the innermost awareness. But it seems like there is a uh, there is a correlation there. 
So go for the nothingness. Uh, go for the nothingness, but be aware that this nothingness is not indifference. So if, if you end up like feeling, wow, I'm getting more like detached, indifferent, flat, disinterested, then that which you are leaning into is not innermost awareness. Does that clarify something for you? Well, it, it certainly takes away a, a one part of the... Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good start. It, it narrows down. Yeah, yeah. But I still have this trouble of understanding what, what it actually is, I guess. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a tricky part. Um, the tricky part is that uh, when I make all these words and I use these metaphors and I talk about it, of course you think that I'm talking to your conceptual mind. Of course you think that. I mean that's what we're listening to. So, and then. In the conceptual mind, <coughs> so what is it? You know, like, is it this? Is it that? Did I experience it? Is it? Is it? What, what is it? Yeah, and and uh, and the conceptual mind will never grasp this. What we are pointing to here is. The space in which this conceptual mind is happening. That which is aware of the conceptual mind. And th this, the conceptual mind can't, can't get it. Okay, let's continue for, for those who didn't get it. <laughs> let's, uh, let's give it a shot next time. And uh, I will send you some guided meditations. And yeah, then I hope to see you next week, Tuesday. Bye. 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 Bye.